welcome to Oikos Church. Before we start this morning, I just have an announcement for Howard Thomas. So Howard starts his vicarage today. He's actually preaching at St. Mark's Lutheran Church, which is down the road. So we're going to offer a prayer for him. He's already preached once, so hopefully it went well. Because <laughs> he's got another one coming in like five minutes. Um, he is, it's exciting. Matt Popovitz is the senior pastor out there, and Matt and I have a long history. Um, we're working together to make sure that this can fulfill what we call, this is a different kind of word, colloquy. And that basically means that Howard will become a Lutheran pastor at the end of it as soon as he completes this one-year vicarage. So we are excited for Howard and for Alyssa. But for us, what that means is that we won't see Howard and Alyssa as often. I want to make sure he gets integrated and can learn as much as he can from St. Mark. And the reason why they're doing that is that if you didn't know this already, Oikos is a different kind of Lutheran church. St. Mark is a little bit more what we would say normal. And they want to make sure Howard has a big breadth of experience. So we are going to join in prayer for him even when we don't see him. Know that they are serving. Third Ward Oikos is still going so they're going to put a lot more on their plates this next year but i think the lord's going to do some incredible things so let's pray for him and for Alyssa. heavenly father we thank you so much that we are a church planning church that you have sent leaders here to learn and grow and we're humbled by that we pray that as howard and Alyssa step into saint mark to learn even more that you would bless them but even more importantly, allow them to see how you're blessing them already. Let them step into it with courage and confidence and be able to do it with humbleness of heart and then continue what they learn as they lead Third Ward Oikos, a community in Third Ward that is growing so that people can see and know you as their Savior. We thank you for the Thomas family. I pray a blessing over them. And we anxiously await the report from Howard on how his first Sunday went. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So this morning we conclude this series, As She Goes. And we're going to go into Proverbs 31, which is a poem. And so as we go into this, I want you to just be thinking about those words. It's an important part of the series because it allows us to kind of see what the Lord is calling all of us into. So take a listen. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack or of gain. She does him good and not harm. All the days of her life, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. 
Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor, and she's re she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with, with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her work praise her in the gates. So how many of you men out there would consider yourself or have ever been called a mama's boy? Well, I'm sorry for those of you that haven't received that, but you may have, as you listened to this poem, thought of your mama. Because mama's boys love their mama. Even when they're not perfect, they look at her and they hear these words. A wonderful woman serving and caring and loving and being generous and kind. Um, for others, you're married. How many husbands out there thought about your wife? You probably shall raise your hand. <laughs> be a wise move. Wise move. Even if your wife isn't here, she might be watching online. Oh, I didn't raise my hand. I know I thought about my wife. I thought how she has been generous, loving, kind. She is more of a blessing to me than I am to her. In fact, many people would say, uh, as my sister said when I was contemplating, should I marry Sarah, should I not? She said, you're stupid, and you better move on it, or she's going to find someone else much better. So oftentimes when we listen to these words, it's about this incredible woman who can find a virtuous and capable wife. She is more precious than rubies. The problem with this is that even though this is about, it seems like a particular person, it's not. Even our best mama out there or the best wife would have a hard time fulfilling all the things that this woman does. We fall short. But it speaks about becoming a woman of valor. So I want you to hold on to that word valor. It's interesting because in this culture, when he speaks about valor, usually in the culture of the Hebrews, it would not be associated with a woman. 
Valor would be associated with a man. I would even say in our culture, when you hear the word valor, you think they're probably thinking about a man. I'm not saying that's right, so please don't get mad at me. But it is a description of our culture for many years that valor is not associated and it definitely, definitely would not be associated with a woman at this time. But the writer of this poem saw the description of valor essentially in the common everyday woman who did common everyday things. Now this poem in Hebrew is a very common poem that they use, acrostic. So what the Hebrew writers would often do is they would do a acrostic poem. Now sometimes when we look at acrostic we go, it's like joy, Jesus, others, and you. Um, that's an acrostic. For Hebrew, they would use all the letters of the alphabet, and they would go through. And what this symbolizes with a writer of this time is that it would be of totality, completeness. So when he's describing valor in a woman, he's showing incompleteness. This is what valor looks like. This is what being noble looks like. And he uses a upper-class Jewish woman, what she would normally do, um, functioning every day, trading, buying things, investing, planting, sewing, spindling, managing servants, extending charity, providing food for the family, day in and day out, preparing for every season, every year. Like any great poem, it speaks about the ordinary things, the common everyday things that are often overlooked and glory is assigned elsewhere. But in this poem, glory is assigned to the everyday, the things of the everyday common upper-class Jewish woman, a virtuous woman who can find. It would be better to translate this, a woman of valor who can find. In Hebrew, this is eshet shail. That's the word. Now, there's a story in Scripture about Ruth. If you don't know the, score, the story of Ruth, it's awesome because the Bible actually has a book dedicated to it, and it's called Ruth. So it's easy to find. You open it up. When you find Ruth, you're going to find this story. And I love this story. Because it speaks about a noble, valorous woman. She is full of it. And the whole story depicts how she is courageous and content and loving and tenacious. When we go into this story, Boaz would describe Ruth before she gets married, before she has any children before she becomes known as this person that would later be the great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus as a noble woman. Ruth chapter 3 says, All the people in my town know that you are a woman of noble character or a woman with valor. Again, the Hebrew here is Eshet Shail. Ruth a woman that would be compared to Proverbs 31. And she's compared to that because of her bravery and her wisdom. She lived her life fearing the Lord. 
and following after him. So what does this mean for us? We just heard a poem that I just said, basically, no matter how good you think you are, you fall short. No matter how good you thought your mama was or is, she falls short. No matter how great your wife is, she falls short. Sometimes pastors have read Proverbs 31 on Mother's Day. and Sometimes it's not received well. Because women listen to this and they go, oh my gosh, here is the standard. And is he asking me to be this, to have valor, to have worth. But I think it's actually, it's a poem inviting us into a life that few get to live. Some of us want to be heroes, and I wish Howard was here today because we all know that Howard loves superheroes. The thing is, is that we forget that heroes are not the kind of heroes that are depicted in the movies. If you see the heroes depicted in the movies, they often are always fighting the alien, they're fighting some apocalypse that's coming, something is happening that's extremely out there, and it seems like the extremely out there happens every week. Real heroes are in the day in and day out. When you read Proverbs 31, this is not about a woman who is fighting aliens to receive her valor. This is a woman that's in the day in and day out of life. She is asking us to jump into an adventure. And in that adventure, she does not know where she'll go the next day. But she's content if the next day looks the same as yesterday. And she does it with joy. God has packed adventure and joy in everyday stuff. And we often overlook it. We often think that God is only present in the dark times or in the really great times. Proverbs 31, I, I believe, invites us to see God in the everyday thing of life. Proverbs 31 invites us to be content. So if you're writing something down, just write it down. Um, contentment is something that our society struggles with. I've struggled. You guys all know the story. What did I want to be? Eh, see, you don't even know because it's all, it changes. FBI agent, fireman, um, could be a CIA guy, could be, I mean, it kind of coordinates, right? Artist, photographer, parents thought I was never going to get done in school. Because I kept thinking, well, maybe there's something else that I should try. Missionary, right? Proverbs 31, she looks at the everyday things. She doesn't do it with complaining or contempt. That's not the depiction I get from this woman. She looks at it and she's, she's very joyful about gathering food for the next day. She's very joyful about loving her family the next day and today. She knows that each day is going to come and it may not look different, really. 
but her joy comes from who she is, regardless of what the next day is. Proverbs 31, verse 15. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. Now, this is just everyday stuff. But it's not prescriptive. See, this is where you get in trouble. Because if you look at Proverbs 31 and says, and say every detail on this is what it means to um, a woman of valor, you've missed the point. This is actually her saying, or this, the whoever is writing this, I'm going to guess it might have been a guy, that he's writing about this is what it means to live in valor, is that whatever the day is for you. So if you have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning because your job starts there, it would be more like she gets up at 2.30 in the morning Braves the traffic of Houston? Maybe not. Goes to her workplace. Starts the coffee machine. Gets things prepared. Sends a note to the, her child's teacher. And writes reports for the rest of the day. It's not about being up before dawn to prepare breakfast for your Husbands, guys, just so that you get this clear. But if it is, that's okay too. See, sometimes we get into life and we want to put things in a box, but God is always breaking those boxes apart. What he wants you to do is hear your calling from him and do it with everything you got. If you're called to be a mom, do it with all that you've got, but that doesn't mean that you have to follow the exact ways of another mom. You may learn from another mom, but that doesn't mean that you have to follow all the ways. You may see another mom or wife get up and prepare a four-course breakfast for their husband, but guess what? Your husband may not even like breakfast. I'm not a huge breakfast person. I mean, I'll eat it. I would much rather have Sarah make dessert. And she knows that. It's in the everyday. Describing the normal functions, but sticking in it as she loves her family. I think this describes who God is with us. That he's in the every day. He makes the sun rise and set every day. Now we can go scientific and go, well, that was put in place, but who put it in place? And who keeps it in place? He makes sure that we have air to breathe. Again, we can say, well, we plant trees. Well, but he's the one that makes them grow and sustain. He is in the everyday. And he is a God of valor. He's there to make sure that we can gather food. He's there to make sure that we have an identity that goes beyond ourselves. He orchestrates this every day for us. He put our bodies together so that we could crawl out of bed. Some of you jump, others crawl. Some roll. 
but he did it he did this for us he put our bodies together so that we could dream about the next day coming but know that it would only come through his provision Proverbs 31 not only invites us to be content but also courageous so she does things this woman in this poem she does things that would not be normal for a woman to do necessarily out of the norm buying fields would normally be re regulated to a man to do that getting food from outside markets from their community from the outside importing things that's not normally regulated to a woman it's given to a man speaking up and not being silent verse 25 says she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future fearing the future boy that's kind of common right and it could be in the smallest things like game of thrones ended so what am i going to watch it could be if it's just a small thing but you have that little switch in your head they go my favorite show just ended now what's going to be on they're probably going to put something else on it won't be as good oh my entertainment life is done i mean and here's i don't know why but i'm going to bring howard in again howard you know he's fearing marvel universe <laughs> the biggest thing that has hit movie theaters in game has ended what's next it can be in those small things but a lot of you have experienced graduation this past weekend i got to go up and see my niece graduate and um you know i'm not fully emotional guy but i'm getting more emotional as i get older and i was sitting there with my other niece zoe and we were just in the middle of all this graduation thing and and zoe starts to weep now zoe is not one she's she has special needs sometimes you're not sure we're not sure what she's receiving what she's comprehending all the time but she starts weeping and my i was here zoe's here Addie's here my sister and Addie turns to her and it's like Zoe and she keeps on weeping like this is full-on weeping and she said Zoe what's wrong she goes I don't want support to leave well then my sister starts weeping I'm like oh as we reassure her because the change for Zoe she sees it in this ceremony that things are changing body changes some of you are getting older not me but some of you and you feel your body not doing the things that it used to do or maybe you've gone to the doctor lately and there's something that the doctor's mentioning that isn't quite right maybe he wants to do a biopsy maybe he wants to have some more tests and the fear of the future enters in maybe there's relationship changes your family 
You thought that you were good, but then something happens. Things change. And a fear of what it looks like in the future, job changes. You change the job and you're not sure where you're going to go. And fear creeps in. Proverbs 31, she's clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. Even though she's fully into the day in, day out, normal thing, she also knows that the future is uncertain. Fearing the future freezes us from moving forward. You can't make decisions because you're fearful. You don't want to make decisions because you're not sure where they're going to lead. Does that all sound pretty familiar? So you're in good company because this is what people do. The future comes. We don't invite it. It just comes. Change comes. We don't necessarily always want it, but it comes. God's people had a change coming in Exodus 14. This was supposed to be a great change. They were slaves. God was freeing them, but they wanted to freeze. God was saying, there's a great new future for you. But they didn't want it. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while, while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. When you're fearing the future, you ever say that? Oh, yeah, you do. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Boy, we can rationalize anything when we have fear. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians see you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Proverbs 31 reminds us that there is no fear for the future. When we begin to fear, we'll freeze. We'll stop doing the normal, everyday things that we've been called to do. We'll stop doing the things that God rejoices when we do them. And we'll freeze. But God is calling us to freedom. Fearing the Lord frees us to move forward in joy. As Paul wrote the Philippian church, this is one of his last letters that the Apostle Paul would write. And Paul had seen everything. He had seen torture. He had seen being beaten. He had seen near death. 
for himself. He seen that the church was messed up. Guess what? You're in a messed up church. If you didn't know that, we're messed up too. He had wrote, written letter after letter after letter to churches about why are you so messed up? Because the people that come to church, they're here because they know that they have sin. We're messed up. It means that things don't always work right. It means that things happen. But to this church, he writes, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Jesus has done it all for us. He's done it all. So that means when the future comes, whether it's a future that we've invited or not, Jesus is right there because he's in the normal, mundane things that we do. He doesn't sit there and go, man, this is so boring to be with you. He rejoices in joy that you're with him. He wants us not to worry because when we worry, we really are not wanting to trust in him. Fearing the Lord is not what you may think it is. Fearing the Lord is not taking a posture that our Lord is going to beat me. Now, he has every right to. Every right. Any self-reflective person knows that you are messed up. That when you read Proverbs 31, that is not you. If you think it is you, it's a good time for repentance right now. Take a look and say, wait a minute, this is not me every day. But it's an invitation into life. There's no way we can even step into emulating a Proverbs 31, a valor, a noble woman or man, if we don't realize that Jesus has already done it. That Jesus has invited us to stop worrying about those things. And that we can actually put our lives in his hands. Fearing the Lord is exactly that. Understanding that his graciousness goes beyond anything that we can do. That he actually says, if you turn it over to me, if you turn your future over to me, I only want good for you and for my kingdom. Your life is better with me. Jesus gave his life so that we could have life in him. And I believe completely that he gave his life so that we could live today in joy. Too often we get caught up in all these crazy things. Too often we 
have discontent because we can't see what the Lord's given. Too often we are not courageous because we are fearful of the future. The Lord wants you to know that you are his good people. Too often we look at our past and go, we can't do the future you've set out for us because look at my past. But all God sees is potential. I hope as we move forward as she goes, we don't just think it's as she goes, but it's also as he goes. That we would follow the Lord 100%. And when we don't, we realize that we have a great father. And what do great fathers do when you're calling your kids to come and they're not coming? He does a better job than I do. I usually yell, hurry up. I think our father probably bends down and says, I'm waiting. Come on. Stop fearing and step forward. May we have trust in Jesus today as we move forward, listening to him, listening to his words, and believing that Jesus is enough and that he's done it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us. We thank you that we can come together and look at your word together. We can reflect on it. I pray that the words that were spoken today would be reflected as your words, Lord. As our children of this church enter, Lord, we give thanks. We pray that you would also allow them to share a message of what they learned today in school. May they report back to their parents and may they also know that their future is secure in you. Lord, for all of us who are concerned about what may happen tomorrow, give us peace. Remind us that the things that are broken, you're already working at repairing. Remind us that our restless souls can find rest in you. When we feel like we can't breathe, Lord, relax our bodies and allow us to take in that breath. When worry creeps in, help us to step away and remind us of who you are. Lord, this is a great life. There's a better life that's coming. We know that you're coming soon. But I also know as our Lord, you are asking us to live this one that we have right now in you and with joy. So we turn this over to you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.